I'm Lisa Billiou, and I went from housewife to co-founder of the billion-dollar company Quest Nutrition and now president of Impact Theory. Our mission with this show is to empower you and all women to recognize you really can become the hero of your own life. Welcome to Women of Impact. Life is about growth and change. When you are no longer doing that, that is your whisper. That is your whisper that you are supposed to do something else. Oprah Winfrey. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I've heard the whisper a lot in my life. And for eight years, while I was a housewife, before we started Quest Nutrition, I ignored it. I just took each day and found things to fill it up with. I took pride in the smallest, most meaningless things to validate my existence while trying desperately to silence the voice. But once I started listening to it, once I stepped out of my comfort zone, once I made a choice to stop being the victim waiting to be rescued and be the hero of my own life, everything changed. Now, the self-improvement and personal development industry is a $10 billion per year business in the US alone. And there's a reason for that. We as human beings seek growth and evolution. That's why at the beginning of every year, most of us make our New Year's resolutions, things we want to change to improve our lives. And yet, 80%, 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by February. Think about that for a second. The average life expectancy in the US is around 79 years old, and yet we find it difficult to do something even for two months? Why? I don't think it's out of lack of want. I think we all want to live our dream. So what is it that is paralyzing so many of us that we would rather live a mediocre life than strive for our goals and dreams? I mean, we stay for years in jobs and careers we don't like. We stay in unhealthy and unfulfilling relationships for way too long. We're so afraid to change our identity in fear of being judged one way or another. So today I wanted to do a different kind of show. I wanted to bring together incredible women to share their experiences on how their transformations, while not easy, are attainable. But be warned, we're not here to sugarcoat it. Change and growth is bloody hard. But just like caterpillars turn into butterflies, the transformation can be beautiful. First, I'd like to introduce to you Sahara Rose. Growing up, Sahara was a junk food queen and she prided herself on it. But one sudden day, a severe allergic reaction left her swollen so badly she couldn't even breathe. After countless doctor's visits and misdiagnoses, she decided to stop being the victim and take control of her life. So, the once bona fide junk food addict set on a journey that led her to where she is today. A best-selling author of The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda and Eat Feel Fresh, host of the number one ranked podcast, Higher Self, and the woman described by Deepak Chopra as a leading voice in the millennial generation. Yes, it's safe to say this woman knows a thing or two about changing her identity. Next up, I'd like to introduce to you the wonderful Ashley Stahl. When Ashley came to the realization that she didn't have what it took to hold a gun and be a spy, she left her dream job at the Pentagon in the counter-terrorism unit. And despite her overwhelmingly crushing fear, she took a leap, moved to LA and started on a new venture. Realizing she had a true passion for helping people and a skill for negotiating, she in just three years built a thriving seven-figure career coaching business. Yes, it's safe to say this woman is the queen of change. And finally, the amazing Emily Hayden. Growing up homeschooled with a mentally ill mother, her childhood was far from a fairy tale. 
so much so that she chose to be homeless and sleep in her car on a friend's couch than bear the emotional turmoil that living at home brought. But not settling with that life, she took her future by the reins and found a passion for fitness and health and through blood, sweat and tears took the stage to compete in 14 times in the bikini division, landing her in Oxygen magazine and in the Beachbody 21 Day Fitness Extreme video to name a few. But her evolution from homeless to Hollywood didn't stop there. Despite her success, Emily evolved again and instead of focusing on pain, veins and chains, she dove deep into teaching people how to manage the highs and lows of real life with her online course Evolve with Emily. Yes, it's safe to say this woman knows a thing or two about evolving. (laughs) So guys, welcome to a very special edition of Women of Impact. Ladies, 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 how are you? Thank you for coming on the show. You guys are literally the pinnacle um, example of what it is to have a dream, face your fears, work hard to overcome them. So starting a quote with you, Emily. Moving across the country where I had no family was one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life. But I have this crazy way of thinking that tells me that I can literally do anything I set my mind to. I know that no matter what happens and no matter how long it takes, I will never quit. I will always find a way to make things work. I will, I will be successful and I will never settle. That's so amazing. <laughs> and what I want to ask you is most people have that attitude January 1st. Mm. They've set mm. a resolution. I'm going to do this. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to start a new career. I'm going to leave this terrible relationship. And then like the stat says, come February, mm-hmm. the drive that you mentioned here is gone. Mm. Um, how do you keep that mentality? How do you stay strong and make sure that you do see things and that you don't quit? This is something that I teach with my clients as well, but even with fitness clients, when they want to follow a dieting program, I start by asking them why. Why do you want to follow a dieting program? Do you just want to look better? Not that that's not a good reason. It is a good reason, but I think people need to really identify like what is the big reason of why they're going to do this. If they can really say, maybe they do want to leave a relationship that they know is not meant for them. They need to like sit down and figure out exactly why they feel this way and the truth they know to be true about this situation. And if they can like, and I get chills just thinking about it because I've been through that process. And if you do that, and if you really reiterate to yourself why you're doing this, why are you going to, let's say it's a fitness goal. Why are you going to go and show up at the gym every single day? In those moments of feeling weak and feeling unmotivated, you're going to revisit your why. You're going to pull it up on your note section. You're going to read all of those truths that you have about your purpose and your why. And you're going to gain the ability to just stay dedicated in the moments of not feeling motivated. So I think one of the biggest problems is people try to rely on motivation for them to get their goals. And the truth is there's so many days that you don't have motivation. So many days where I don't feel motivated towards the goals that I love and have for myself. And that's when you have to choose to practice discipline. So I feel like if everyone could really understand what it meant to practice discipline on a daily basis, they would be much more successful with with reaching their goals. How do you practice discipline on a daily basis? Discipline is doing the things that you know you need to do, even when you don't want to do it. So it's in those moments of like, I'm tired, I have excuses, I have real life things that I could you know, put excuses on. And it's saying, I said I was going to do this and I've got to keep my word to myself. So one of the biggest things that I try to practice in my life is only saying what I mean and keeping all commitments to myself. So if I say that I'm going to do this, hell or high water, I'm going to do it. 
And no matter what, in the moments of everything happening and it's a terrible day and I have every excuse and everyone would give me excuses left and right to stop or to quit or to not show up that day, Mm -hmm. I just choose. And it's just the smallest little moment of just saying, nope, you turn your brain off. You don't allow yourself to think your way out of it. It's those small moments that add up. And it's also placing significance on those small moments. People think all these small moments of, oh, I'll just, you know, I know I'm dieting, but I'll have a little bit more of this right now. It's those small moments that add up that either will let you reach your goal or not. Mm. Mm, I love that. All right, so what if um, I'm dieting and for whatever reason, I'm having a really bad day, really hard, and I, I think just this one bite of cookie is going to make me feel better. I know it will. My body, everything, the chemicals in my body are pumping, telling me, oh, yeah, you want to have it. And I've reminded myself of my why. Let's say it's you don't feel good about yourself. You look in the mirror and you, you know, have negative thoughts. And this is why you want to work out and go to the gym. So I've told myself my why. Um, and I still end up having the cookie. How do you then go, okay, move on from it. Don't beat yourself up. Don't feel guilty about it that next step. I think the biggest thing is realizing that every single person falls down at a certain point and it's the ones who can get back up the quickest and keep going. Mm. And if you can just lessen those times that you fall down and if you can quicken the time after you've fallen to get back up, that's where you're going to win. I love that. Mm. Do you have any um, tricks or tactics that you've used in going from, so literally you're on your dream job, Mm anti-terrorism, and Mm -hmm. you're like, this isn't for me anymore. So you take a bold move and you start your own company and it's absolutely incredible. Are there moments, I'm sure there are, where you fell down? Yeah. Going back to what Emily was saying, um, and how did you pick yourself up and still carry, you know, keep on that course? Well, I think the first thing is that a lot of people feel disconnected from their goals and it feels like a checklist. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I meet somebody who feels low on energy, to me, it's just low on purpose. And they don't feel like they're really connected to something that is pulling them forward and compelling. Because have you ever thought about something that just feels so amazing to you? Like you, you're, you want to wake up early and start doing it like you're hungry for it. And so I think most people, it's not that they can't meet their goals. It's that they actually don't want those goals. Mm-hmm. And I That's also, huge. it's huge. And I also think that there's an issue with society talking about like following your passion. And my TED talk was about don't follow your passion, figure out who you are first. And then, cause my passion's cupcakes and massages and <laughs> all sorts of things that I'd be awful at baking or doing. But at the same time, I think a lot of people are just disconnected. You oh, know? That's amazing. So yeah. how do you go? I love cupcakes. Should I open a cupcake shop, right? Because yeah. people, like you said, everyone's talking about passion yeah. these days. Yeah. So they're like, oh, well, if I enjoy this, then I should do a business. Yeah. How do you actually separate the two? Well, there's two things. Well, first is clarity comes from engagement. It doesn't come from thought. So, so many people think that they can think their way into clarity. And it's like, mm-hmm. maybe that will get you to Egypt, but it's not going to get you to the promised land. Like <laughs> if you, you know, I think that at the end of the day, engagement looks like a lot of things. It could look like talking to people who inspire mm-hmm. you. It could look like taking a class, reading a book, networking. Like there's so many different hiring coach, you know, mm-hmm. mentorship. There's so many different ways. Um, and so I think the first step is, okay, if you're thinking about it, great, write it down, mm-hmm. but make sure you engage in, on some level before you commit to it. I was stuck in a job that was paying me minimum wage. I was barely getting by in LA. I had a graduate degree and I ended up calling my college and saying, hey, can you give me a list of every alumni? So clarity comes from engagement. Mm. Every alumni that you've ever had moved to Washington, DC. And I got that list. I called 2000 people. So that's high level of engagement. And you made, sorry, you made 2000 yeah. calls. Yeah. Wasn't that in six weeks? Yeah, wow. six weeks. 
Well, I job hunted in six weeks. The phone calls were like three, four months. Every day on my lunch break, I was taking Arabic at UCLA at night, and I was doing these phone calls on my lunch break. Look crazy, you know, like outside on the phone. And and of course, the nature of government jobs lend themselves to privacy. So can you imagine like spies and God knows who I was calling, getting these phone calls from this random person like I'm an alumni. <laughs> <laughs> But at the end of the day, that was a really high level of engagement and the feedback that I got was so good. And that's the thing is that so many people are stuck in limbo and it's one of the most powerless places you can be. Whereas if you show up, make a commitment, see what feedback the universe gives you, course correct along the way. And so in my case, I was following what felt good and there was so much purpose on the periphery of that. Mm. And I think that's the secret is check in with your body. What feels good? It doesn't have to be the end all be all, but if it feels good, if it feels right, you're gonna figure something out on the sidelines of that if it's not the thing mm. that you're supposed to be doing. I love that. Yeah. Well, you, my dear, are the queen of mind-body connection. Yeah. So um, it was really you discovering the movement of your body that allowed you to kind of really heal yourself. So talk me through that and then the mind-body connection and how powerful that really can be to everyone listening. Yeah, so for me, it started with a yoga class when I was 12. And at that time, no one was really practicing yoga and it wasn't really a thing. And I just saw that, you know, fit people go there. So I'm going to go there because that's what I want to be. So I think one thing is like the the people that you want to be, what are they doing? What are their practices? What are their daily life? So what is the next step? I'm leaving this yoga class feeling so amazing. So what else can I do? And that led me to learn about nutrition and meditation and all of these different things. And then realizing that when your physical body is in pain, you can't think of anything else, right? It's like when you're sick, all you can think about is when can I get better? And most of us are perpetually living in that state. And your highest self, your true self can't come through when you're so stuck in the physical. So we need to move through the physical to move into essentially the metaphysical, the, the intangible, the, the truth, the higher thoughts. But most of us are so afraid of going through that like icky territory, which is like questioning everything that you think, everything that you do, how you spend your time, how, what that type of foods you eat. And then through that and creating a routine and fine tuning it, which is always changing, mm. it's from there then you realize that I'm so much more than just this. I'm not, you know, even identity. I think a lot of us get caught up into my identity is being sick. I'm a sufferer of whatever disease. And then we go through the stage of like, I'm a survivor of this disease. Mm -hmm. And then we almost don't allow ourselves to heal because we've held onto that part of our identity. Wow, I love that. Um, I, let's keep talking about identity because I'm fascinated with it. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I found for my own self is when you have an identity, everyone perceives you to be one way. Mm -hmm. But then when you want to change, when you want to make that, whether it's a resolution or just an alteration in your life, sometimes it's hard because of the people around you trying to keep you in this bubble. Um, did you guys find that? And if so, talk me through how you didn't listen to them. Mm, yeah, that's difficult. So I have my life on YouTube. I'm a vlogger. And with part of my life, I was married and at the age of 26, I went, was going through a divorce and because I was online, 
uh, my subscribers, my supporters, you know, they loved me and my significant other. And so when that ended, all hell broke loose. So with changing who I was, what I was about, how everyone saw me as, you know, pro-competitor, vlogger, wife, um, you know, everything that I was, these roles were now changing and people did not like it. The, it wasn't just met with resistance, it was met with a lot, a lot of negativity and it was mm. really, really hard to deal with. People um, were pretty ugly about it and just about the fact that like I was a woman who was choosing to be divorced. Whoa. And now all of a sudden I had to have this identity title as a 26 year old with divorce over my name. Mm -hmm. You know, and for the longest time I actually couldn't even say that word out of my mouth because I was so, I felt so shameful for having to go through that. And now I realize that, and I think everything in your life happens not just to you, but for you, mm -hmm. but not just for you, but also for people around you, whether it be in your community, at work, online, or my life on social media. But as far as switching identities from that to something else, that transition was really difficult. And I just had to tell myself during that time that I knew it in my heart to be true, that this is where I needed to go, and it wasn't this way anymore. Left had gone and passed, and I needed to go right, and I needed to just take that first step. I didn't fully know where that path was gonna end or lead, but I knew that this was the first step. And as long as I can stay true to myself, true to my heart and who I am, I know that I'll be okay. And I knew that it was gonna be a very, very hard, a very long road, and there's a lot that comes with that, but I knew that if I would just take the first step with courage and faith, and you know, having that brave heart, that I could get through it. And it's true, and, and that's what you kind of quoted at the beginning, is it doesn't matter how hard it is, I know I'll get through, I know I'll reach my goal. And my goal for me is to always be my truest self, no matter how hard that is, no matter what truths I have to share with people or explain to people. So when you're embracing a new identity or this new road or path that you're going on, you just have to understand people are not gonna understand. People are gonna judge you, people are not gonna like it. But at the end of that, the more that you're yourself, the more that you can kind of unravel all these restraints that society has on you, whether it be by a different person or a job or a relationship, the more you come out and it's like you grow these wings and you get to start flying and it's like the most beautiful thing in the world you get to like elevate on a different level and all the people around you start to notice and you'll literally just become more of yourself more in tune with who you were meant to be and what you were put on this earth to do and it's the most incredible feeling but you'll never get there if you're just so you stay stuck you stay scared and you stay so fearful of the what ifs i can't tell you how long i spent in the what ifs of what if i go with my heart and I do this thing that society says I shouldn't do and that's terrible. And if I had just stayed there, I would be in the same position. I wouldn't be where I am today. I definitely wouldn't be sitting here today. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just, you gotta take courage to take that very first step. So was that first step owning and saying the word divorce out loud? Or what did that look like No, the first you? step for me was divorcing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And how long did it take for you to say that out loud? A long time. Really? Yeah, mm -hmm. probably over six months. Wow. Yeah, I would just say that we separated. Hmm. And I meant divorce. Yeah. And if they said it, it was fine. But like, I just, I just didn't want that to come out of my mouth. And I think it's because I'm a kid that was a part of the nastiest divorce between my parents. Mm. And I told myself I would never, ever, ever do that. Oh, let's talk about that. <laughs> so, so, so like growing up, I think we've all got those things and it's like, oh, I'll never do this. That will never be me. And then you almost find yourself in that situation. <laughs> and I think that that's probably what ends up paralyzing a lot of us. Mm. It's like, well, I said I wasn't going to do yeah, it. I can't be the one yeah, that now goes and exactly. does it. Um, so how do, you, how do you make that transition emotionally and announce it to people? Mm. Um, yeah, how do you do that? 
I think I first had to accept what was happening and I first had to accept that I did have two choices. I could have chosen to stay where I was at, not feeling fully satisfied, not feeling like this is what I wanted for my life, not feeling like this was it. I could stay there and be comfortable, but I would just, I would forever be unhappy. Or I could choose to follow my heart and choose to do something I said I would never do, but I, I, I would stay true to myself. And I think one of the most important things to me is just following my heart because if I don't follow my heart, I feel resistance, I feel anxiety, I feel stress. I'm not my like fullest, highest self. Every time I follow my heart, no matter how hard it is, no matter how hard the conversation, the decision, you know, the business move is, it always leads in a more positive direction than I could have ever imagined. Mm. So I think yeah. that's what it is like just letting yourself know i have two paths they are up to me which one i take totally mm -hmm. and i could have taken the other path for sure right. but you just you got to make that decision and for me i i know that i'll always follow my heart in the end no matter how hard it is yeah. and it's proven to be the best decision Mm. How about yourself? Did you have any judgment when you were making changes in your life? And Yeah, well, one thing I learned from working in politics is that as long as you create a reputation, and what is your reputation? If you're a business owner, it might be how your business looks on the internet. If you're an everyday you know, person in corporate America, that your reputation is how you make people feel, how you connect with them in your life. And I think that if you don't create a reputation for yourself, and it doesn't mean you have to have this egoic agenda to do it, mm. somebody else is going to create it for you. Mm. And oh, so yeah. mm. that's what I learned in politics is that if you think about politicians, you know, especially some presidents we've had, maybe they've had some sort of huge scandal. But if you look at who they had the scandal with and them, usually when you think about that president, you think of all the other things they did. You might think about their scandal, but you also think about some things that marked their presidency. But when you think about other people involved in their scandal, especially if it was a sexual scandal, that scandal just taints that person. Mm -hmm. And you don't often remember the other things they're up to. Or when you think of their name, you're not thinking about these other things. It's because they didn't create a reputation for themselves so that's fascinating but as far as your question to me goes just as far as like making changes in my life I really think that with every new belief we have and sometimes we'll believe something really different that is completely unlike uh, something else and that's why coaches are so amazing they'll question everything and you, your beliefs are these little balloons floating by and they pop them <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're kind of, you kind of feel naked like well I've been believing that this is the way I need to go for so long and so, so now what and what I've found is is two things number one that with every new belief you have about who you are or what's possible for you an old version of you is, is dying because it was an old way of doing things. And if it's a belief that shifts what you think is possible for yourself, if, whether it's in your health, in your career, you're gonna operate and show up in the world in a totally different way. And so I think that's the first thing is to realize that that's why so many people create a business and then it doesn't feel good for them anymore because whatever was going on in our, our bodies, like we're just like, you know, 70% water, these little cucumbers with emotions. <laughs> it's like, we're not thinking that anymore. And I think the second half of that is grief, because mm -hmm. even when you have good changes, whether you're getting married or mm -hmm. uh, maybe you made a lot of money. In my case, like I created a course online. I struggled for so long. I was more than 150K in debt. I had no promise that the course would profit. And then for me to suddenly get a conversion rate and suddenly be selling and have 6,000 customers in two months and have to hire 10 employees and all these amazing things. There was a part of me, even when I was successful, that missed 
my broke self. Wow. Because wow. because my broke self went to happy hour on Fridays oh. and I had like this special happy hour I'd go to and all these people that I associated <laughs> there because the wine was $3 a glass and I got to know the people that went. And then eventually when I had the money to go and treat myself to places that I always wanted to go, it was like this weird grief hit me. And I think that that's the case with a lot of women who are getting married or getting pregnant where they're starting to grieve the loss mm. of certain identities. So. I think that as long as you don't misunderstand your grief sometimes when you're making a change or just to know that that can come, it creates a lot of more peace. Yeah. And I think it's actually important to recognize the grief and just allow it to happen. Yeah. Like, okay, if this piece of me is, let's say, quote unquote, dying, like it means that I need to let go of it, have somewhat of a funeral, you know, mm -hmm. say goodbye and then move on. But to not acknowledge it, I think, is something that can really hold people back. Yeah talking about you know um having a belief system and then being judged for it you've obviously through health have had to go through many evolutions mm -hmm. and i believe at one point you were on a raw vegan diet and then you realized that didn't work for you and there's a lot of judgment around mm, food a sure. lot um so how did you handle that as being your identity evolving and just owning it instead of sticking with it even though it didn't work for you yeah i think it's a really hard thing because with the internet you create a personal brand but we are people before we're brands and mm -hmm. a brand takes like years and years to really create like what is pepsi what is coca-cola but we are ever changing cucumbers as you just said <laughs> so, i don't know where that came from but, I've it's never so <laughs> but it's so true because we go through different moods and phases like i'm not the same person at like 4 p.m every single day let alone throughout years of my life oh, wow. so i had created this entire blog that went super viral. I was getting millions of um, hits a day. It was like one of the biggest ones on Pinterest, all about being a raw vegan and raw vegan recipes and this and that. And then I started to go through all, all my own health problems, realizing that it was actually because of the raw vegan diet. Mm, wow. And I was like, oh shit, I'm eating cooked food and I'm promoting raw food. Like that's a really big, like identity gap there. Mm. So at first I was like, okay, I'm just not gonna tell anyone, but I was like, what? I can't keep on promoting something that is clearly not serving me. So the first fear came of how do I tell them I made the switch. And then again, I had to make a big switch before Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda came out that I was a, very much a food blogger, but then even the topic of food, like I was like, I'm so sick of talking about this. Like I'm so sick of being like, what'd you eat? What was your breakfast? Like, you know, there's so much more to think about. Like, what do you do between the meals? And I remember my Instagram, my blog, it was all eat, feel fresh. And it was even on the back of this book that was gonna be, you know, everywhere. It's the official idiot's guide. And even the first video I did with Deepak Chopra, I'm like, Hey, I'm eat, feel fresh. Like, and right before the book came out, I was like, if I don't change my Instagram name now, I'm going to be forever stuck as this eat, feel fresh. Mm. And I was like, well, there's 20,000 books with eat, feel fresh on it. There's videos, there's all these links, all this work I did, but I can't, I, I have to be Sahara Rose. I have to be me. So I made the switch and some people were like, Oh, we just want to only see pictures of food. But way more people who didn't even know me back then wanted to see me. So I think that we need to put ourselves before the brand and that's the only way that the brand is really gonna thrive. Yeah, and what were you telling yourself in those moments? Because when, especially when you're successful, right? Sometimes it's like on the path, it's like, eh, no one really knows if I divert here or there, it's not a big deal. But when you've spent time and years of dedication and hard work and energy and money to get successful and you get there and then you're like, this doesn't feel authentic anymore like what are you telling yourself because I'm sure there's so many people that get paralyzed in that situation where it's like but how am I going to feed my family how am I going to pay for this um how do you 
push yourself to make that move because it's so scary. Because here's the thing, it could fail. The great news is yours didn't, and you like incredibly. But I don't think anything that you fully put your passion to will fail. Failure is just stopping, right? Because it's going to take different different revisions of it. But the only time you fail is when you're like, okay, that's it. Because maybe you just needed one more shift and mm-hmm. that was exactly what was going to be mm-hmm. that commit. I think we could all be anything. Like I could decide I want to be a photographer tomorrow and I could probably kill it. I've never done photography in my life, but it's just the mindset around it. So for me, like I remember I would take all these food pictures and style it and do. And then I was like, is this really how I want to spend the rest of my life? <laughs> like, is this the best use of all of my strengths? Like, I want to talk mm. about things and I want to write books and I want to do this and I want to do that. And I feel like this is cool, but it's not really encompassing me. And I would rather go into that murky water where I'm not sure what the other side is, knowing that that was the true me swimming through than to be stuck in this crystalline pool that doesn't feel like me. Right, mm. that's amazing. Well, let's talk about regrets then, because in those situations where you're going through, you're, you're doing it because it feels like you, what if someone has made that change, they've made that shift, they've, they've got through February, March, they're in you know, July, and they look back and they're like, I shouldn't have done that. I have so much to say about oh, this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ashley's regrets. I, I, yeah. my regrets. I'm, just, I'm just around people who come tell me about their regrets. <laughs> I've coached over 300 women on figuring out what they want to do with their career path. And I've had thousands of job seekers. And that's one of those areas where there's so much opportunity for regret because Mm -hmm. it's how people spend their nine to five. And a lot of people want to be happy, but if they're miserable nine to five, they can't be happy 5 p.m. onwards. Like Mm -hmm. we're not just these little light switches. And so one of the biggest fears people come into my office telling me is like, I don't want to take the wrong career path. I don't want to make a mistake. And it's huge. But I think that that really comes down to your mindset around commitment. Um, okay, so Emily talked about being committed to herself, and I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And that can mean so many things. It depends what it means for you. But I think far too often people see decisions as marriages. But I think that at the end <laughs> of the day, um, it, it's not. I think that if you take a new job and you don't like it, people have these mindsets that they're beholden to someone mm-hmm. or to somewhere. And I've never seen life that way, and it set me so free. Um, and same thing with moving cities. Like so many people I know are curious about trying on a new city mm-hmm. and they're like, well, what if I don't like it? I'm like, then you don't like it. <laughs> and so it's this catastrophizing that we all participate in. And to me, I always ask people, especially a coaching club, what's the worst thing that could happen? I love that. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And it's like, usually they're like, I don't like it. I'm like, and then what? And they're like, well, then I'm <laughs> in the same place as I am now. I'm like, you'll probably get a better paycheck if you switch jobs or they're afraid that all their experience is a waste. And to me, that's another mindset. I'm like, how is that true? Because the thread of your past, you can always carry and harness and leverage into your future, Mm -hmm. you know? And as as long as you know how to talk about it. And I think the Mm -hmm. world belongs to people who commit to themselves and don't see commitments that they don't want to be in as like blood promises that they don't have to make with the world. Mm -hmm. I can really relate to that. I remember whenever, so I'm from Texas originally, and I remember when I was making the decision to move to California, and I was really young at the time, and I'm sitting there with my dad. My dad is kind of like my mentor, my life coach. He's amazing. It's what he does for a living. Um, So I'm talking to him, and I'm like, should I move to California, like acting like as if it's this blood pack that I'm making with myself. And he's like, just go do it and come back. If you <laughs> yes. don't like, it. like go do it. And you have no commitments here. Like, you know, you're not tied down to Texas, like go try it. And if you don't like it, come back. I was like, okay, I'll go do that. Mm-hmm. And that was like the first really big life change that I made. 
Um, and moving out here, I mean, it's been four years now and I absolutely love it. It is like my home, it is my peaceful place, but it's kind of like you said, and this is how I view everything these days is every single experience we have is another experience to teach us something, to grow from it or to help others from it. Or it doesn't like, it's an experience for a reason, like have it. And then you can make a decision. Hmm. That was a really bad experience. I'm not going to do that again, or I'm going to change directions, or this was a really good experience. And I'm so glad I had it. It helps my life and other people's lives around me. So I totally agree with what you're yeah. saying that it's not something that you have to hold as this absolute, but try it. Just yeah. don't, don't be afraid to try it. Cause you never know what if you love living in another state that you wouldn't have ever moved to if mm-hmm. your dad didn't convince you to. Yeah. Totally. Well, that's the secret is like life is an experiment and yeah. people see it as commitments when I see it as fun and play and experiment. Right. And sometimes the worst thing that can ever happen to you is actually the best thing that can ever yeah. happen to you because oh, wow. it takes you to your truth, right? Like if once you go down that rabbit hole, you're like, great. Now I absolutely know that that wasn't my path and mm. I have great clarity on what is. So I do think that we need to go down those holes often, mm. you know, because that's how we get redirected. And that's like this whole life journey. You're just mm-hmm. getting, okay, yeah, this, yeah. this worked. Nope, that didn't. Okay. Yeah. Let's just, like it doesn't stop. Like yeah. we're all still on it, you yeah. know? And I think people think like, oh, it's just going to be this like new year shift. And then I'm like, I'm floating from that then on. And it's like, no, you're continually redirecting. Mm-hmm. And the only time you fail is when you decide like, this is it. And I'm going to anchor here and nothing's going to change because life, you know, we live on a moving planet. So if you're not moving too, you're actually falling backwards. Mm. Yeah, that's so powerful what you said. And I feel like what we're all talking about is just learning to evolve over Mm -hmm. time and learning how I feel like life comes in seasons. And essentially, it's like, let's say you try this new thing and you love it. Since you love it, you start to surround yourself with people that love it. You start to get really good at it. You start to be in those kinds of communities. All of a sudden you master it. And then years later, you're like, Mm, I kind of want to do something else now or hey I'm kind of interested in something else or you kind of want to switch directions so I think it's okay to one recognize where you're at are you in the step of hey I need to try something new I need to put myself out there are you in in the a course redirection are you somewhere that you don't want to be and you need to go somewhere else it's kind of like the highs and lows of life that we talked about when you're in that high of life oh my gosh do not take it for granted enjoy every single moment like notice everything around you and when you're in the lows of life just know another high is right around the corner. So mm-hmm. like keep going, keep moving and just stay steady on the path. Yeah. That's why I love that Oprah quote because mm. it's just really saying, you know, like that whisper. Mm-hmm. And that's now kind of my guiding compass of whether I'm doing something or not. If I'm doing something, I just go, go, go and I'm loving it. And then when I'm not or something needs to change, that whisper starts coming back. And it's just like an unsettling feeling that mm. I have where I'm not jumping out of bed of bed you know, um, quickly anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm distracted easily. So like, I really try to pay attention to like these little things so that I don't go too far into being stagnant because being a housewife for eight years and not even realizing really, or being in tune with my thoughts that I wasn't happy is something that I've just told myself I'm never going to do again. So like reassessing. I have a question for that. Yeah. So what made you become kind of aware of your body or in tune with your body to know that you weren't happy there? Yeah. The funny thing is, and this is all in hindsight and I kind of think like what would my life have been like if this didn't happen but Tom and his business partners wanted to start a new company and they're like hey it's gonna be a protein bar company and Tom turned to me he's like do you mind just like shipping from the living room floor a couple of bars like that would be nothing you're just helping out and I'm like sure how hard can it be Cut to like a month later, two months later, we're getting a few more orders cut to a year later and because I started it they're like well Lisa you just keep going 
And so I blinked and in two years I started hiring employees underneath me. So it was it was momentum. It mm. was an, it was not deliberate at all. And then within those first two years, I learned how to be a boss. I learned how to hire employees. I learned distribution, working with GNC. And I just learned so much. And that's when I was like, wow, I love this. Mm. I love the journey of learning. And I love the journey of feeling really like I have a purpose because in reflection, when I look back at being a housewife for eight years, I didn't feel like I had a purpose. Mm. Like I was saying, wow. it was literally kind of filling my day up with things mm. that made it feel, feel purposeful. Mm-hmm. And I think it begins as like that nudge and then that nudge turns into like a punch <laughs> and that punch right. turns into like an accident and yeah. then you have no choice but to listen to mm-hmm. it. So like what being an intuitive person is, is just to listen to it when it's a whisper. But most of us don't listen until we're like slapped in oh the face gosh, so and then true. we still don't listen. I love that. So how do you get people to listen then at mm. the whisper? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's mm. that's working with your intuition that's trusting yourself Mm. because most of us like if our friend comes to us with a problem we're like of course you should do this this is like (laughs) duh like how do you not see it but when it comes to ourselves we're like so in our heads Mm. and we are looking at all these different perspectives and we're not using just like that knowingness that comes that comes forth so um, a good practice for your intuition is maybe to just think of yourself from an outside perspective like there's something called automatic writing that you could like ask yourself a question and then like give yourself advice back and just that practice of maybe writing it so it's not just in your head there's a little bit more clarity and some structure there um, that can really help and getting your body in like a high vibration state Mm -hmm. so doing the things that really fill you up whether it's walking outside or meditating or whatever else the more in tuned you are with your body the better you are able to notice your body signals Mm -hmm. now what if you're not good at decisions and like, do you, would you still tell yourself to trust yourself or so would you seek outside? I don't believe there's anyone that's not good at decisions. They're just not trusting their decisions. Yeah. Confusion doesn't really exist. Confusion is just not listening to your truth. So the more you aligned you become with your truth, the more you're just like, yes, and yes, like your path. You weren't like, should I say yes or no? Should I ship the quest spars or not? <laughs> should I take that or not? You weren't in your head. You're like, okay, this is what's next. You're, you're just going with the flow. So it's just kind of like moving out of your own way and allowing yourself to like go down the river of life. I tell a lot of people when they are making that or they're going through a decision process, I try to get them to ahead of time set up like a decision making process or kind of like you were saying, get, get yourself into a good state. So for me, I know I will overthink. I will have anxiety and stress if I'm just sitting there trying to think my way into a decision. Like, let me just think about all the different angles of this. And then you're overthinking and over talking to yourself. But if I take a moment and say, you know what, I'm going to just give myself some time and I'm going to revisit this a little bit later. I go put myself in a good state, which usually for me means a good workout, listening to music, maybe going to the beach. So I'll do whatever brings that feeling and then I'll sit there and I'll think about it and then I'll write it down. And when I write it down, it is just so clear. I cannot tell you how many journal sessions I've had sitting at the beach at the sunset, just writing everything out and just being like, oh my gosh, I'm so clear. There's no questions. Mm -hmm. So I think it is getting yourself into a good state, doing something like a journal prompt and then, yeah, just trusting yourself. And I think that comes with practice as well. I think, um, especially for myself, I used to always question what I would be doing, but I think a lot of it now looking back, I think a lot of it was based on the fear of what other people would think. It actually wasn't questioning myself. It was, should I do this? Because what is is everyone going to think kind of thing? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back back to judgment because you actually said something of like how when you said to your dad like you know should I move and he's like well the worst thing is you come back yeah now that's having someone that is extremely supportive right your father clearly was um you know encouraging you but what do you guys say about people who don't have that who the truly like 
they will go back home and everyone will be like, see, I told you you wouldn't be able to make it. Mm. I think that's a big fear that people have, which is why they don't take that step. Because if they fail, they don't want, let's say, the quote unquote shame of failure, which I think there should be no shame in failure at mm-hmm. all. I should, I think we should applaud it because it means you took a chance. Totally. Um, but nevertheless, I think there still absolutely is um, uh, judgment on that. Mm. So what would you say to people that don't have that, that are so worried that they're going to go back home, like I said, and everyone's going to say to them, oh, yeah, see, told you it wouldn't, you know, pan out. And they do, I'm sure everyone knows someone yeah. who's going to repeat it every time you see them. Oh, well, yeah. And it just, it doesn't make you feel good. Like, how do you not let that judgment stop you from making the, the, the leap in the first place? Well, first of all, like, who you are always wins, right? So if you're in the wrong relationship and that whisper's coming in at night and you get anxiety, and that's the thing about anxiety, is what I've learned with my own anxiety and having healed from so much of it is that I don't think the truth and anxiety coexist. Mm -hmm. I think you can have pain with the truth, but usually anxiety is just feedback that you're not connected or you're not listening to something. I think a lot of people aren't in touch with their pain. And so they think that they say, I'm fine, I'm comfortable, I should be so grateful. They tell themselves all these stories to keep themselves where they are because the only thing worse is going into the unknown at that moment for them. Whereas for me, I've learned not to be comfortable with lukewarm and to see that as an indicator. And so my opinion, it's who you are always wins. The truth always wins. And I think a lot of people have this false notion that they're moving forward and advancing. Like, for example, I have a girlfriend who's single and she's really bummed out about it. She really thrives in partnership. And she was looking at a couple friends of mine saying, like, look at what they have. They're married. I know those people very well. And I happen to know they're not happy. I think, like, at the end of the day... So many people aren't willing to listen. And what I've found is some of the biggest decisions I've made, whether it's letting go of working in counterterrorism, having a management role, doing really well in the workforce, not really knowing if things were going to work out for me as an entrepreneur, or calling off my wedding. I was with an amazing guy for five years. And I totally could have married him and had a really nice life. And it's just one of those things where when you admit to yourself that something's not working, and that's why I'm writing my book, U-Turn, because it's all about turning back Mm -hmm. to yourself. And it's like, when you're willing to do that, it's painful, but it's not Mm. as painful as going to bed every night with anxiety for years on end because you're not listening. And it's like pushing a beach ball under the ocean. It's tiring, Mm. you know? So for me, for those people who are actually saying, I'm scared I'm going to fail. To me, like my perception, nobody's a failure. I don't believe anybody to be a failure, Mm -hmm. but you're already failing if you feel that disconnected and you're not connecting to your pain because who you are always wins. It's going to come out anyway. Mm. Ask yourself, where am I comfortable right now? Where am I doing exceedingly well? And where do I feel comfortable? Are you actually comfortable or are you secretly miserable? Mm -hmm. And what does comfort mean though? Yeah, it's personal, right? There's three things that happen, right? There's creation, maintenance, and destruction. And you're always around the corner from each one, right? So it's like you're either creating, you're maintaining, or it's about to fall apart because it doesn't work for you anymore. And most people just stay at the maintaining. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And I think sometimes you have to be that person that you wish you could be friends with. A lot of people, they've never seen an example of what they want around them. I remember when I was like, I'm going to write a book. It's going to be at Barnes & Noble. I had never met an author in my life, like never came across one, no. No one around me was doing any sort of thing, but I kept holding that vision. And in holding that vision, I became a better person. I started to do more personal development. And then I started to attract, not just attract, actually, I think some, a lot of that is a myth too. It's not like these people knock on your door yeah. like, hey, I've seen you've been watching Tony <laughs> Robbins. I want to be your friend. <laughs> yeah, like you have to go out there. Like I went to so many, like I would go on like meetup.com and be like, 
entrepreneur meetup and like show up and be like, I don't have a business yet, but hey, <laughs> like, like, you know, business. just so I could be around those people. And then maybe one person, like I would, you know, maybe see somewhere else. And then I felt like, oh, I kind of knew someone. So I would go out there and like try to create that, that friendship circle that I so badly wanted while also being that type of friend mm. that they would want to have. Mm. So sometimes you have to be the one that takes that first leap, um, but you will find yourself with a whole new group of people that you would have never encountered otherwise if you stayed where you were. Yeah. What do you think then about the power of belief? Because turning up at an entrepreneur's event and not being an entrepreneur, like I love that so much. That's so boring. <laughs> and that's like the right thing to do. Um, but you have to kind of believe in yourself mm. that like even if you're not an entrepreneur now, that one day you will be. Um, is that what you embody? So I would always say it's market research. Like that's what I would tell myself. I'm like, you don't need to talk to anyone. You're just going there for market research. Is that just to make you feel better? It was just to make like me feel like, I'm like, you know, don't expect anything out of it. Cause if I came and I was like, I'm gonna get business cards, this, like it would have been too much and I probably okay. wouldn't have gone, but I'm like, I'm just gonna go and see what happens. And even if I don't like it in a minute, I, I can leave. But once you mm. get there, you didn't drive, pay for parking, blah, blah, blah. You're not gonna <laughs> leave, you know? So once I would get there, I'd be like, okay, let's hang out by the snacks. Like, okay, let's just start a conversation with this person person and like you just get better at it and then you realize like no one there also knows anyone we're all in the same position and it's like a practice right it's like exercising just talking to new people um but i do think that just like giving yourself no expectations and showing up mm. is really all that it takes I actually relate that a lot to fitness too, because for people who struggle with their fitness goals, they're like, I cannot do the full workout today. It's been a crazy day. What I've always done with my mind is I just trick myself. I'm like, I'm literally going to go in there and I'm only going to do I this. used to do that for the gym I'm only going to yeah. do 10 reps and that's it. And I get to 10, I'm like, I can do 12. So I do 12 and then I do 15, you know, or like, okay, well I did one set. I'm just going to do like two more. And I, I just always do that to myself. And then by the end, you're like, I just crushed that workout and I didn't even want to work out. <laughs> it's all a game we play yeah, with totally. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. What is it then about those little baby steps? Because as you were talking, I was like, wow, I, I do it. And it didn't even dawn on me that I do mm. it. It's like even with the show, I was like, well, I'll just do a podcast. I'll just be Skype. That way no one's in front of me. You know, almost not putting that pressure on myself mm. for it to be something massive helps me get to my massive goal. Sure. Yeah. I think it's important to have small attainable goals. Mm. And often if you can get those small attainable goals, you gain confidence, you gain traction and momentum, and then you go for more. And if you're someone that has an entrepreneur type of mind, or even if you don't, even if you're just someone that really cares about what you're doing, you're gonna wanna put more effort into it. Also momentum creates momentum. And mm -hmm. I think that if you're an entrepreneur or you're in the workforce, you owe it to yourself if you don't feel momentum to go find a place that you mm. feel excited to go create it. Even if it's your body or it could be you're in the workforce, you wanna start a podcast and share what you're going through. Um, momentum creates momentum. And I think a lot of people are chasing goals, but really it's just whatever they think that goal is gonna make them feel that they're oh, chasing wow. after. Mm -hmm. So if you can figure out like, what do I want to feel? What do I think I'm going to feel from that goal? Because more often than not, it's like an itch that we want to scratch. And then when we scratch it, we're like, oh, well, this wasn't this big, you know, celebration. And it's often because we only remember peak experiences. We usually mm -hmm. remember losses and we feel those more viscerally than we do wins. But if you can create progress and get that dopamine hit, it's just um, a feedback cycle. And going back to what you said, mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, having done my master's in psych, one of the things I learned was that confidence comes from keeping commitments you make with yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you can keep commitments to yourself, it breeds confidence, which breeds progress. And progress is really the key. It's not the goal anyway. Yeah. I love that. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And 
I think the same is very true for money. So people, a lot of people don't think about what do I actually want to do in life? It's I want to get wealthy, right? I want to earn enough money so I can live a wonderful life. I can have this house. I can have this car. And so they have a vision of what it's going to be like to be wealthy. They look at wealthy people and go, oh my God, like they admire it. So they think when they have it, that they're going to feel that admiration within themselves. Mm -hmm. And the truth is they don't because you're still the same person. Yeah. So it's really having that purpose or something to strive for that is more tangible than just, you know, um, outside, like looking at people and saying, I think that I'm going to feel like this. I think it really is like having a a firm goal. Mm -hmm. And most of the reasons why they don't have money is because they don't believe in themselves. You know, Mm -hmm. abundance is a result of worthiness. Mm -hmm. And when you don't believe in yourself, when you don't do those little checklists to build confidence, confidence is just that positive feedback that you gain in between, then you're never going to fully embody abundance. And abundance is not necessarily being rich either. You know, like there are some people who have very basic lives and they're super abundant. They're generous. They're happy where they are. And there's people who are super rich and, and they're very, very frugal and they don't have a generous heart. So abundance is something that we get when we truly believe that we're worth it and then we also put in the work that we're getting that positive feedback Mm -hmm. yeah i love that Mm. all right guys well sadly we're out of time but before we leave there's a couple of things if you guys can say where we can find you online people can check out all the cool stuff you're doing also one tip to give the people at home that are listening right now let's say they've gotten i don't like to say new year's resolution because i like Mm. to think of just a goal Right. Like I think if you're putting pressure on like, okay, it's going to be the new year, but let's say they have a goal and they want to keep to it. What is the one tip that they could do immediately that you feel like can keep them on that journey? Mm. And then one more thing. What is your superpower? So my name is Emily Hayden. You guys can find me at at Emily Hayden on Instagram or Emily Hayden Fitness on YouTube. And all my other links are there. I'm starting a podcast in January, so it's launching January. I'm so excited about that. And let's see, the tip of advice I would have for people that want to reach their goals this year is rather than looking at it as something that you're going to do for the whole year, I want you to break it down into what do I need to be doing for the month of January? And I want you to have a check-in with yourself at the end of January to say, did I do the action steps that were required to reach my goal? Breaking it down even further, I want to know exactly for the first week of January, January 1st through 7th or 8th, I want to know exactly what you're doing on which days in order to gain some sort of progress or make some sort of commitment to that goal. And you're doing that every single week. So every single week you create action steps, a minimum of three for yourself. By the end of the month, you check in, you say, hey, did my systems work? Did my action steps work? No, they didn't. That was a flop. Okay, you know what? Fresh start. The first of February, it's kind of like a new year. I like to treat every first of the month as the new year. That's cool. I like that. And just kind of reassess and say, that didn't work out. Let me change my protocol. Let me get a coach. Let me do something different. And then new action plan for the rest of the year. My superpower is believing and encouraging and supporting other women and helping them feel into and become who they were meant to be. So I truly have a, a gift for encouraging them in the most positive and loving kind of way. I feel other people's feelings. And so I can, I can help them feel into what they need to feel into to be who they were meant to be. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I'm Ashley Stahl. You can find me on Instagram. Hit me up on the gram at Ashley Stahl, S-T-A-H-L. Um, I also have a podcast called the U-Turn Podcast, which is all about this, like how to reinvent yourself and find yourself and connect to yourself. It's Y-O-U and turn. Um, as far as my best tip, I would say... Look around and ask people that are close to you, whether it's colleagues or friends, when have you seen me at my best? 
And mm. I think that when we're at our best, we're in a flow state. And a lot of the times it's obvious to us. What's obvious to us isn't obvious to other people. It's our gift and our superpower. So I would say get connected to where you're at your best. And once you get that feedback, figure out like, what do you want to do right now in this new year to continue to be at your best? Mm. Because when you light up in one place, you leak into other places with your light. Um, as far as my superpower, I'm really good at helping people figure out what they want to do with their lives. Mm. Yeah, so helping people with their careers, with their businesses, just helping them figure out what real alignment feels like for them mm. and so that they can create from that place without the universe hitting them with a two by four <laughs> three months later, yeah. yeah. Thank Amazing. you. Love that. So you can find me on Instagram at I am Sahara Rose. I have a podcast also called Highest Self Podcast, which is all about becoming your highest self. And um, my tip for a New Year's goal would be to think about what is the energy of this year? I think, you know, some of us are very like analytical <laughs> like that. I'm like, that would really stress me out. I just think of like, what is the energy that I want to feel? Like, what do I want to carry, carry through? So for me, 2019 is to live in love and not just like romantic love, but in love with everything that I do and not just doing it for the sake of doing it, but to like really just love it, love my friends, love my actions, love my workouts, love everything. So think of the energy and then just keep checking in with yourself. Am I embodying that energy? Um, and in terms of what's my superpower, I think it's raising consciousness. You know, I, I believe that we are so much more than these minds and these bodies. And I'm constantly just so amazed by like the signs that the universe provides us with. So just helping people understand why they're here and why that's important is my superpower. Mm, amazing alright guys sadly sadly we're out of time but man I hope you were lis listening as close as I was it is purely selfish that I did this episode by the way because <laughs> I just want to be around these incredible women because seriously I hope that you saw as like I did that it's not that they're uniquely special in the same way same as me it's just the fact that they have a goal and they're willing to go after it and then once they reach it they're going to adjust so yeah. while you're at home right now thinking about what you want to do, how you want to change, what life you want to live, what life you want for 2019. The trick is to just go after it. It's not going to be easy. These ladies have already laid out all the problems, getting hit by two by fours. <laughs> um, it's going to be difficult. But if you stay focused on what that end goal is, it can be incredibly beautiful. And these women are a perfect example of that. So go check out all the incredible stuff they're all doing because individually as well, like they will literally help you get through this year and really get to that final goal. All right, guys, if you're not already following me at Lisa Billu, um, go subscribe, press that little link down there. And then until next time, go be the superhero of your own life. Peace out and happy 2019. What's up, guys? Lisa here. Thank you so much for listening. If you're not already subscribed, please do click that subscribe button. Click, click, click away so you don't miss any new episodes that come out every single Wednesday. And if you do feel so inclined, it'd be great to get a rate and a review from you. That'd be awesome. That's how we get the show in front of more people and create more impact on more women. So until then, go out and be the superhero of your own life.